Yeah. Okay, here we go. A little deep cut for us. Yes, we're walking into it. My story and I'm sticking to it. We're sticking to this story. <laughs> Tales from Margaritaville. Three years in, we're still doing That's it. That's right. We're three years in when we are three stories away from finishing. Welcome to the Parrothead Podcast. I'm Patrick McDonald. I'm Ryan Milder. This is your podcast for all things Jimmy Buffett, including his stories. That's right. We have been going through a short story book written by Jimmy Buffett called Tales from Margaritaville. Uh, this one has a new preface by the author. I'm just reading the cover now. Um, and uh, we are on page 205. Uh, the story is titled Life in the Food Chain. Uh, these are uh, a, a series of personal memoirs, short stories, uh, little uh, insights. You might even call them essays. Yes, yes. The, the book started with a lot of uh, fiction. Wacky fiction. Wacky fiction. Wild fiction. Sexy fiction even in Boomerang Sexy, Love. Sexy, wacky, wild fiction. <laughs> Is what the New York Times said when this book was released. <laughs> um, the only review I ever got published in the New York Times. Uh, it's been a true blast of a book, and we've reached the portion of the book where now uh, Jimmy's just uh, putting words on the page and publishing it. He's chatting it out, you know? It's, uh, yes. It's, it's, it's really wonderful. I love it. I love hearing from just Jimmy. I mean, yeah. we are talking about the next book we're going to do. Pirate Looks at 50 looks like it might be the next book. Yes, which I'm very excited Personal about. Personal essays. Yeah, I, I'm excited about it, it too. There. I have it over there. Yes, we don't I have, have to it buy too. It. Yeah, 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 it's great. It's great. Um, before we dive into this short story, how you doing, buddy? What's going on? I'm good, buddy. I'm good. You know, uh, not much is going on. Yeah. I am, uh, you know, just uh, moving and grooving. Uh -huh. You know, a little, a little insight okay. uh, to what's going on in my life. You know, uh, we we were we contain multitudes, Ryan. Mm -hmm. We mostly on this podcast talk about how we uh, host, you know, uh, Jimmy Buffett things. We do Jimmy, but we love Jimmy Buffett. We talk about Jimmy Buffett yeah. on this podcast and other things, uh -huh. incidentally. But we have other things we do for money yes. and lives. Yes. Um, I am currently doing a job where I'm writing a web series for a veterinary clinic. <laughs> and just a little insight to the to the L.A. world. I, I, I was approached about this job. I took the job. I offered a rate. They accepted it. So I was like, that'll work for me. A little comedy web series about a vet clinic. Uh -huh. um, and... Uh, I was asked to go into the clinic and <laughs> I was asked to watch some surgeries. Uh, yeah. So yeah. a couple <laughs> weeks ago, I sat in on uh, surgeries and I watched two spayings and a neutering of dogs, Ryan. Let me ask you, <laughs> um, did, was it what you expected? <laughs> 
you must have gone in there with some sort of preconceived notion of what it was going to be like. I, you know, first of all, I was like, I'm writing a comedy web series. I don't know why they need me to watch spayings and neutering yes. surgeries. Absolutely. So uh, I wasn't sure what to expect. I think I was expecting a lot more blood, but to be honest, there wasn't a lot. Okay. Um, these were kind of smaller dogs, except for the bulldog who got neutered, which was three years old and the big guy. Oh my gosh. And the bulls were also big, oh to be gosh. honest with you. <laughs> it was shocking. That was probably the weirdest, yeah. roughest. Kind of my legs are going numb as I'm thinking about it and talking about it. <laughs> no. That was pretty crazy. Uh, and then the kind of the, you know, there's certain things where they go in and like, yeah, this thing you just kind of snap with your fingers and you pull it out. Oh, like, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, and you you told me you said that you were you were close. You weren't like. Oh, behind, I was five and a half, six feet away. You weren't like watching on a monitor or anything like no, that. No, no, I was in the room. You were in the room. It was me and a vet tech and a vet. And some, I mean, just, just in some, there. Just some booties. Just and... chatting with me. Yeah, I was wearing some booties. I was wearing a hairnet, obviously, for my wow. long locks. Yes. <laughs> but uh, it was it was shocking for sure. So, But it really helped me put some comedy together. You know <laughs> what I mean? Really looking forward to it. Well, you've told me that uh, you you... And I, I feel like I'm this way, too, to a certain extent. You'll do things just for the story. I will. And I yeah. love to have the story. And this one was obviously also for the money. Yes. But uh, And I like writing comedy. I think I will write something interesting and fun. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I do love having stories. Yes. I love little stories in the bell. I love be talking about how I watched neutering. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> the adventure. Uh, it's a good time. Incidentally, by the way, if you are out there and you're looking for someone to write a piece of comedy for your <laughs> uh, marketing firm... Or something like that. I can draw from that. So you yes. can shoot me an email, uh, paradeadpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, you're available. I'm available for <laughs> freelance gigs. Yes. Just to let everyone know. <laughs> uh, but, I, you know, that is just something I wanted to fill people in on. Uh-huh. Uh, definitely very interesting, very exciting. Very fun. Uh, Ryan, what about you? What's going on with you? Uh, you know, the pool adventures continue. Let's hear it. Um, What's going on with this above-ground pool? Let, and let's rank it. On, on a scale of uh, 1 to 10 of good investment to bad investment, where are we at? Oh, we're at like a two. <laughs> we're at like a two. When we use it and when we enjoy it, it's it's a good idea. But then as soon as we step out, we realize it's just an above ground pool. Wow. Yeah. That's all it is. Well, so at least you enjoy it in the moment. We enjoy it in the moment. Yeah. yeah. It's been fun. Um, well, so, that's okay. You know, I would like to yeah. say that that's kind of what it's there for. Then you know what I mean. I I'm one of these. I'm one of those people that. And I, I shouldn't be like this, but I can't help myself. I get stressed about what's going to happen after the thing. I understand. You know? I understand. I, so in my mind, before we even set this up, I was already thinking about, oh, well, the grass is going to die, and it's going to be super muddy and gross, and we're going to have to fix that, and maybe we're going to have to hire some gardeners to come and lay down some sod or some seed or whatever, and it's going to be a pain in the ass. Do we store it? Where do we store it? How do we store it? Do we right. throw it out? This was like a $250 pool. Yeah, yeah. Why would we just throw it out? And like all this stuff goes through my brain, so I can't necessarily enjoy it to its full extent because I'm thinking about what's going to have to happen in a month, a month and a half. Yeah, it's a, the impending doom of a brown spot on your yard. Uh, and yeah. have you looked under? Do you ever try to look and see? I I had to drain it two weeks ago because there was algae in it. So okay, I, <laughs> this was my day. It was like two weeks ago on a Friday. Uh, I didn't have a very busy day. Clearly, I drained the entire pool. It was like ten thousand. Uh, no, couple couple thousand gallons. Okay, drained it. 
uh, then had to scrub it clean. Oh. Get all the algae out, scrub yeah. it clean, scoop stuff out with like yeah. a net. And then we bought a uh, a vacuum on Amazon that you plug up to the hose, and he uses the pressure from the hose to suck things up. So I was vacuuming the pool, and then I was so exhausted that I just sat in the empty pool while it slowly filled back up with water. Wow. <laughs> For like four hours. Crazy. Yes. Um, what was your question? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Are you enjoying it? Oh, we're enjoying it uh, <laughs> to a certain extent. Okay. There's so much that you have to learn, though. So, like, yeah. for example, at the beginning, we were using chlorine tablets. We spent Ooh. $70 on this big bucket of chlorine tablets. Non-refundable, by the way. Wow. <laughs> spent $70 on this bucket. And you of- tried. We tried to get we a got refund this, on the tablets. We tried to get the refund on the tablets. It done. I work. We we got this chlorine dispenser, which is like this floaty that goes in the pool and slowly dispenses the chlorine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turns out, we went to a pool store and a pool specialist and gave them the water and they ran the water. Uh, we're only supposed to use powdered chlorine for an above ground pool, which is much less expensive. Wow. So I had to get the chlorine powder. Okay. Use that. Uh, algae is still growing in it. I don't know why. So every like other day, I need to go in there and like scrub oh, and gross. vacuum. And it's what a nightmare. Gross. It's pretty gross. Little trouble in paradise is what we're, what a is little what I'm bit. I mean, I was excited to do an episode from your above ground pool, and now I'm not excited. Yeah, no, I wouldn't recommend we do that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the tides have turned. The tides have turned. Okay. Uh, if we do want to do an episode from the above ground pool, uh. Let me know beforehand, and I will scrub it thoroughly. Okay, yes. great. Well, I'll let you know. Okay, great. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So that's um, that saga continues. I'm oh, sure gosh. we'll be uh, breaking down the above ground pool in the next probably six weeks. Okay, good. Yeah. And I think it's time. I think it's time. <laughs> I think it was time last month, but here we are. Okay, understood. <laughs> yeah. Understood. Yeah. So, um, yes. Well, good. Well, I'm excited to hear about those updates. Maybe we'll have to be there for a live um, play-by-play of you breaking down the above-ground pool. Please. I would love to be there for that, to be <laughs> honest. That sounds great. like a blast. Um, Ryan, we don't have a ton of Buffett news today, yeah. per se, but I will say we have some Parrothead Podcast news as a new service that we can provide for you oh. uh, that we've that I've discovered uh, with the help of one of our our Parrothead podcast heads, okay, one of our true blues, yeah. Page rights, page rights, page rights, page rates, page reads. I think it's page rights. I think she <laughs> told think us so. it's right. Last night, um, we're recording this on August eighth. Mm-hmm. Last night was the Bristol, Virginia show, Jiffy Lube Live. Yep. I log on to the Twitter. Mm-hmm. I get referenced. I get uh, uh told, hey, uh, I need your help. From Paige okay. at Parrothead Pod. I came to Jiffy Lube Live, uh, the concert in Bristow alone tonight, and I need tailgate buddies, but I'm too shy to say anything to anyone. Maybe one of your lovely listeners will take pity. Ha ha. Wow. I know. And I, and I, so I retweeted her and I said, hey, Paige, uh, you know, Paige is here. If you're around. Any, anybody, anybody out there. You got um, some free cheeseburgers, some, yeah. Yeah, I was a little late. Um, okay. I was like three hours late, so I think the concert was already starting. But uh-huh. she did respond and say, you know, well, Michael Fitzgerald responded and said, I'm not there tonight, but it's a friendly community page. Uh, just walk up and say hello. Always works for me. She said, I finally did a bit. I'm painfully shy, but I found some people. Paige, um, that's Paige, amazing. Uh, shout out to you. And JBL Cena fan too was there. One uh-huh. of our favorites. Wow. Uh, we've had we, JBL Cena fan has been around forever. A long time. Uh, we love JBL Cena fan. Uh, said, I'm here. We are here uh, trying to connect. I hope they did. 
Um, uh, huge shout out. Uh, but we'll provide that service for you. Find yes. a friend with a PH. That's yes. what we'll do. So if you are at a concert and you're looking for someone to connect with, let us know. I will blast it on the horn. We'll uh-huh. see what we can get. I got a hot 400 followers on our Twitter. <laughs> we will be your tailgate matchmakers. Absolutely. We'd love to be your tailgate matchmakers. You can let us know before a concert and we'll have some fun. I think it's a service we can absolutely provide on the Twitter. Totally. Account. And uh, Paige, just a quick note for you. So proud of you for for uh, going out there and just saying hello to people. Yes. That's huge. You did it. And I would say there's no better and safer community to do that than in a Jimmy Buffett uh, Parrot Head community. Yes. So it's very exciting. She also sent us a fun late night uh, thought post concert. She said, everyone knows Jimmy Buffett as the Margaritaville guy, but he mentions rum way more. Ah. Kind of want to go through all his songs and tally different alcohol mentions by type. Pod episode idea, Parrot Head Pod? That's a great idea. Yeah. I've also I've gotten very into rum recently. You have. I know a lot about rum now. Okay, so we'll have to talk about rum as well. Yes. And that sounds we'll, great. we'll have to figure out yeah, because I mean, Margaritaville has obviously mar- margaritas in it. Yes. Um. Uh. Cold draft beer, cheeseburger in paradise. Yep. That's yep. one for beer. <laughs> uh. Boat drinks. I believe he talks about rum and yeah. ginger or something like that. Yeah. Ho 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 in a bottle of rum. Ho 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 in a bottle of rum. R H U M. Yes. Yep. Rum. Yep. Rum. <laughs> Which I learned that is a type of rum. Really. R H. It's a rum agricole. Really? It's a more grassy, Martinique-style rum. Oh, cool. R-H-U-M. Okay, cool. Um, so, yeah, so that's uh, we'll have to do that. Yes, it's very we will. exciting. Paige, thank you so much. Thank Glad you, Glad you found some people to hang out with. Fins up to you, Paige. A big fins up. Getting out of your comfort zone. Yes. Meeting people. Uh, if you have meeting people, Parrothead stories, uh, we'd love to hear them. Let us know. Parrothead Pod on Twitter, Parrothead Podcast at gmail.com. It's very exciting. Very, very exciting. Very exciting to see exciting. our friends and our community getting out there. Absolutely. Because we deserve it. We spent a long time inside. Yes. You had it's your introversion. You, you had your introversion. You did it. Yes. Now let's get out there. Absolutely. Um, Patty, what are you listening to? Oh boy. You know, I have, uh, kind of dived into some new music, uh, some really fun new music, but there's this one song that I found recently. It's called deep blue sea. It's by this guy. Uh, let me find this info that I had about him. Hold on a second. Okay. So there's this song called deep blue sea by art loan. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I can't quite find much about him. Um, uh, there's a, uh, 70s, I guess, obscurities compilation album called, uh, uh, sad about the times. Yeah. Um, and, uh, there is, uh, uh, they created, they released this new album, uh, called that. And I think it's like obscure 70s songs. Um, and art loan is this artist from the seventies who released one album. Um, this song is called deep blue sea. I'm absolutely in love with it. Uh, wow. I think it's from 76. Okay. Um, but otherwise, it is uh, not known. Um, and I just think it's really great. So let's give it a listen. Let's check it out. But I 
and me and the deep, deep blue sea. That's very cool. It's so cool, isn't it? It's really cool. <laughs> and I it's it's so interesting, like the 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 amount of musicians, thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of musicians that will release one song or one album and it's incredible and then you'll never hear about them ever again. Yeah, absolutely. And his album, Piper Oz the Hound, mm-hmm. came out in seventy six. Uh, I don't know any single song on the album. This is the first song on the B side. Okay. Of this of this vinyl, um, but I can't find any information about it at all, uh, and it's so fascinating. I think I have to dive into that whole album, the Sad About the Times album. That's so uh, cool. Just the guy that compiled really obscure '70s songs. That's amazing. It's I incredible. Love that. But that Very song, cool. I you know, I first thought because it said that this album came out in 2019, but it's obviously a compilation album. I thought I was like, this could have been released. Two years ago, yeah. The easily. way the way that our music is going, I was like, "This is a new artist that wrote something that sounds like '70s." Yeah, and I was like, "It's a little much, you know. It's a little Father John Misty, uh-huh. you know." Um, uh, but uh, it's not, you know. I think it's like really uh, uh, cool. That's really know. cool. It's I like really that cool. a lot. I love it. Uh, Ryan, what are you listening to right now? I'm listening to the new Bleachers album that came oh, out very recently. It is hit after hit after hit. Hit after hit. The first half of the album is just filled with so many great songs. Oh, uh, it's called Take the Sadness Out of Saturday Night. Um, I've already played Chinatown from the album. I've played uh, 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 Stop Making This Hurt. I played How Dare You Want More. Um this song I really like. It's called Don't Go Dark. Uh, really, really incredible. This album, heavily inspired by uh, like the 80s mm-hmm. and Springsteen and Americana. Uh, and you can hear that in this song very, very vividly. It's so great. Um, I love this album so much. So anybody should check it out. It's called Take the Sadness Out of Saturday Night. This is the song Don't Go Dark. Let's check it out. Here we go. so cool and it's so like toned down but it just keeps building and building and building 
Nice. Um, the album's really, really great. Yeah. Uh, there's also a video that I think is on like the Bleachers Vivo, maybe, um, where uh, Jack Antonoff walks through how he creates certain songs. Oh, cool. And he's he's like a like a tinkerer, basically. He's, got, he's amazing. He's amazing. He's got all these old um, machines, all these old uh, instruments, like these, like, you know, Moog synthesizers and all kinds of crazy things. And he'll do things like, you know, he'll, like, remove, like, wires and things and plug them in different places and see what sound it makes. He'll, like hit musical instruments so they like make like a weird reverberation kind of sound wow. it's cr- like he's like uh like a scientist like a mad scientist whoa it's nuts it's very cool that's so cool um so yeah check that album out it's terrific oh that's great yeah you know jack antonoff i really feel like is like one of the main uh creative driving forces of our time yes absolutely he's truly cemented himself as like uh, one of the most important voices in current music. Definitely. It's unbelievable. Really, really great. Very nice. Um, yeah. But uh, should we get to these stories? Yes. Let's get into it. Let's chat about this. So um, we're reading uh, Life on the life in the Food Chain Life today. in the Food Chain. Life in the Food Chain. Uh, this is page 205 if you're reading along with us. Okay. And you haven't uh, left us behind. Yes. <laughs> So let's get to it, I say. Let's dive in. All right, so life in the food chain, I'm starting us out. Great. Here we go. I took a friend of mine for a leisurely sunset sail through Key West Harbor on a cloudless Sunday evening aboard my little mahogany sloop, the Savannah Jane. Oh, oh that's nice. Named after his daughter. That's very that's sweet. That's so nice. She has served my sailing needs for nearly 10 years now and will certainly suffice until the next strain of big boat fever infects me. <laughs> Uh, I certainly don't have that, Ryan. Do you have big boat fever? Not yet. No. <laughs> I think you can catch it pretty easy. I think so. Based on what we're doing. Uh, a 10-knot breeze was blowing from the southeast when we slipped the lines and sailed away from the dock. The wind is pure necessity on board the Savannah Jane. She has no engine. A solar panel powers my running lights, stereo system, and VHF radio. A few years ago, I made some modifications down below and installed an oversized icebox. This is more important to me than an engine. <laughs> That day, for the brief little excursion, I brought along a slab of smoked amberjack, a container of conch salad, a baguette of French bread, a jar of grape poupon mustard, a roasted chicken, fresh salsa, chips, a box of Cars crackers, a couple Kit Kat bars, Evian water, a bottle of San Margarita Pinot Grigio, and the ever-present emergency ration of peanut butter and jelly. Wow, that's like, I mean, that sounds delicious. <laughs> that's incredible. Do you think he wrote all that down when he uh, did that and then remembered when he wrote it? Or do you think, I mean, how do you remember the entire menu of a picnic yeah, when you're writing like, a story? Yeah, because it sounds like something that he just really threw together. Incredible. <laughs> Good for him. I know that's incredible. Right. Uh, I'm interested in that lunch. It took longer to put away the stores than it uh It took longer to put away the stores than it did to hoist the sails and clear the point. My friend, who was not a sailor, watched me packing everything away and asked, How long will we be out? (laughs) Uh, Oh, for about an hour. Why all that food, he asked. Well, you may think it'll only be an hour, but when you go out on the ocean, you always have to anticipate the worst scenario and hope for the best. I trimmed the mainsail and fell off the wind a little. This would steer us clear of the parade of boats returning up the channel from a day of fishing. We sailed for the cut between Christmas tree and tank islands. I tied off the rudder with the end of the main sheet and pulled out the bread and smoked fish and uncorked the bottle of wine. I poured two glasses and my friend offered a toast. To another shitty day in paradise. (laughs) 
Oh, that's from Jamaica Mistaka. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just another just shitty another name, shitty. Paradise. But what's funny is Jamaica Mistaka came back after it came after this book, I believe. So maybe that's where he got it from. Yeah, I think so. Interesting. Um, after putting on Beethoven's Pastoral Symphony Number no. 6, Beethoven, a uh, Buffett buddy Beethoven. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we'll have to go into that. I scanned the horizon, the wind gauge, and the knot log. At uh, that moment, I realized I was living my life about as well as I could. The sun was preparing a colorful departure to the other side of the world, and the breeze was holding steady. I offered my friends another glass of wine and steered west toward Archer Key Basin. We slipped in silently and came upon a school of happy tarpon feeding along the flats toward the mangrove island to the south. The fish swam through the clear water in time to the music. I opened the container of conch salad and spooned tasty bits of conch, hot pepper, and lime juice onto a cracker. Overhead, an osprey dove down for the shallow water, plucked out a small fish, and climbed back up to the altitude. What if the wind stops blowing? What do we do then, my friend asked. Eat the chicken and wait for the wind to blow. But if the tide is against us, we get out into the stream uh, and we get out into the stream. We could wind up in the Bahamas or North Carolina. (laughs) He stopped chewing and looked at me. Are you serious? Sirius has a heart attack. His question triggered memories of the unpleasant day that led to my current recipe for sailing. Part of the folklore of my family is the story of an incident that occurred when they all made a voyage with my father aboard the sailing ship Chickamula. I grew up hearing the tale told from many points of view, then one day it came back to haunt me. <laughs> Let me tell you a little tale about life in the food chain, I told my friends. Wow. And that's where you start. Okay, perfect. A little intro into a story. I like that. Yes. It all started when we were cruising about 500 feet above Nantucket Sound in a chartered Aztec plane, and it was perfect. it was a perfectly beautiful day. Below us, the water was covered with little triangular sails, and I couldn't wait to pick up my boat in Nantucket and join the weekend armada. So we're in Nantucket. Oh, good. Uh, my friend uh, Semes was with me, but Semes is not what you would call a man of the sea. He had been jaded by his last voyage, a trip from Fort Lauderdale to Key West in a, uh, in a howling norther. He spent a terrifying night lashed to the wheel to keep from being washed overboard. The boat he was sailing on had a near miss with an oil tanker near Sombrero Light. Oh, my goodness. Ooh. Big deal. Uh, I looked up, and all I could see was this giant you coming out of the night, Simmes said. Uh, then I realized it was the second letter of the word gulf, the first word of the name on a ship, the Gulf Empress. The giant you was welded to the bow of a tanker about to slice us in two. I had been seasick most of the night, but was cured instantly by raw, naked fear. We narrowly escaped the oncoming ship. Oh, my gosh. Wow. This is really a lot of ups and downs in boating. Yes. Oh, my God. (laughs) Just a page ago, we were enjoying a a nice conch salad. And now we're about to get cut in half. Yeah. I showed Simus the proximity of the two islands we'd be sailing between, and I promised to buy him dinner as soon as we got to the vineyard. After the plane landed, we had a bowl of chowder and a couple of beers at the Opera House. I grabbed two more beers, and we took off to the North Wharf, where the Savannah Jane was tied up. We passed the A&P, and Semes said, maybe we should stop and pick up some Triscuits and Squirt Cheese. Mm. I know Squirt Cheese. I know Squirt Cheese. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm familiar. Oh, yes. Uh, Oh, that would just spoil your lobster dinner. It's true. (laughs) <laughs> Savannah Jane was in her slip ready to go. We were soon on our way into the harbor and made good time down the channel. 
the wind was blowing steady from the southeast, and the knot log indicated seven knots. If it held, we'll be home on Martha's Vineyard in under three hours. I measured time at sea by tapes, and this day looked to be a three-tape sail. Wow. All right. Oh, here we go. I put on the first hour a collection of my favorite sailing songs and trimmed the main as we rounded out about uh, as we rounded about for the vineyard. Uh, Semis took the tiller. Yeah, Semis took the tiller and he relaxed a little. I was happy to be able to demonstrate that there was a better way to sail than what he had last seen. Joni Mitchell sang about the Greek islands, and in the distance, Martha's Vineyard began to take shape. The topography of the land came into view. Uh, and by now, Semis was singing along with the Beatles. I felt the wind drop slightly and trim the sails. Then, just off the eastern tip of Tuckernuck Island, the knot log displayed a digital goose egg as Jimmy Cliff wailed through the still air about sitting in limbo. The boom began to pitch back and forth as the slack big mainsail responded to the motion of the sea. The Savannah Jame was becalmed. Uh, Simmons looked at his watch and saw that dinner hour was near. Enough of this Long John Silver shit, Bubba. <laughs> Let's crank up the engine and get on before dark. Uh, I don't have one, I said. One what? One engine. <laughs> I turned off the tape player to save the battery for the radio. His stomach growled and he stood up only to bang his head on the boom. We had stopped yachting and started surviving. Oh my gosh, it oh, turns. It turns. The worst nightmare has happened. Uh-oh. We were still becalmed when the sun went down, and the outgoing tide pushed us south into shoaly water where no other boats ventured, especially at night. I managed to raise the marine operator on the radio. Uh, I managed to raise the marine operator on the radio and got a message uh, through to my house that we wouldn't be home for dinner. We would dine aboard the yacht instead. Sema squeezed himself down into the tiny cabin and rummaged through storage bins, hoping to find something to eat. He cursed, not finding anything. The two beers we had brought on board were long gone. He grunted and groaned, and then the first positive sounds came from below. Find something, I shouted. He thrust his long arm out of the companionway. It was holding a small can of evaporated milk. He uncoiled the rest of his body and inched his way to the cockpit. Uh, you look like you've seen a ghost, he said. I may have. What do you mean? I took the rusted can of evaporated milk and held it in my hand. Uh-oh. Okay. So I thought we were going to go into, like, his grandfather's story, and we That's didn't. What I thought so we too. just continued. He just mentioned. I, I, I guess he's telling his grandfather's story through this story. But his, oh, uh, he's going to get into it, I think, here. Okay, here's the quote. Okay. Okay, it's a, yeah, 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 yeah. It looks like you, okay, what do you mean? So here we go. He says, when my father was a child, he was becalmed at sea once off the coast of North Carolina. My grandfather was the captain of an old sailing ship, the one I mentioned named the Chickamula, mm -hmm. and he had brought his family along on the voyage from the Turks and Caicos Islands to New York. The wind didn't blow for 28 nights, and they ran out of food and water and were near starvation when my father, who was eight years old, found a can of evaporated milk rolling around in the galley. He pried it open immediately and was gulping it down when the old black cook came upon him and hustled him up to my grandfather for punishment. My grandfather looked at my father and the precious milk dribbling down his chin. I cannot punish my child, he said. My son was hungry. What was he going to do but eat? A few days later, they were finally spotted by a passing ship and given supplies. The wind came up and they sailed on to New York. 
Their story made the front page of the old New York Herald. My grandmother never made another trip on a boat. The old Chickamula stayed in the family until she was towed to Mobile Bay and abandoned in a small bayou beside Highway 90. While I was growing up, I saw it every time I crossed the bay. By I... By the time I finished telling Semis my story, the fog had thickened and the distant foghorn signaled its whereabouts punctually. I opened the can of milk and poured about three quarters of it into two cups and put the tin back in the cooler. That's breakfast. We clinked our plastic cups and Semis said, to the ghost of the Chickamula and Captain Buffett, thanks for dinner. <laughs> I finished my milk and checked the anchor light to make sure it was illuminated and tried to sleep. Semes went below and repositioned himself around the mast step and was soon snoring. He seemed to be taking this rather well, all things considered. The wind indicator showed a little breeze was picking up. We would probably be home for breakfast. The first light of morning barely filtered through the dense blanket of fog and the little breeze had died or moved off. I could not see the bow of the boat a mere 15 feet away. This stuff is thick as pea soup. Don't mention food, Semes called out from below. <laughs> The absence of airplane engine noise overhead on what normally should have been a busy weekend in the skies led me to believe the whole cape was socked in. The marine forecast on the radio confirmed it. Okay, so we got a thick fog. Can't go yes. anywhere in a fog. No. Simmons and I drank our last little bit of milk, but this time without toast or frivolity. Our moods were darker than the gray fog surrounding us. I finally contact contacted a friend on the vineyard and gave him what I thought was our location. He told me he would get to us as soon as the fog lifted. Around noon, I got a call back. They were underway and should be at our position by 2 o'clock. The wind never did pick up 24 hours after we had left Nantucket for a leisurely three-hour sail. <laughs> 24 hours? I know. Oh, God. We just talked about on an episode about getting a boat. Yeah, I don't know if I want to I anymore. I'm, I'm doing that. <laughs> Woo! Uh, the wind never did pick up, and 24 hours after we had left Nantucket for a le leisurely three-hour sail, we were being towed to port in Martha's Vineyard. Our rescuers had bought a pack of bologna, uh, a loaf of white bread, and a jar of yellow mustard. It tasted like filet mignon. <laughs> Simis ate seven sandwiches before we reached Vineyard Haven, and with a little nourishment in his system, his vivacious personality came back to life. He and the captain struck up a long conversation about a mutual friend in Colorado. We slipped the toe just outside Lambert's Cove, and I turned the music back on. Cat Stevens chanted about longer boats, and we sailed into the rising tide. A breeze had returned and blown the fog up to Nova Scotia, and it was again a picture-perfect day. Mm. I was not interested in the scenery, though. All I wanted was a hot shower, a plate of hot food, and a warm bed. But Simmons had told the captain of the towboat we would stop by his shore in Edgerton in Edgertown for a drink. Oh wow! I politely went along and minded my manners. We crawled through thick ferry traffic and eventually found the place. I was totally on autopilot and stumbled through the front door, oblivious to my surroundings. Mm -hmm. The captain showed us his collection of artifacts: old coins, cannonballs, and rusty bits and pieces of armor and weapons. He had, salvaged, he had salvaged this flotsam from various wrecks in the area. I wasn't paying much attention to his talk, though. I found myself instead drawn to the big oak table in the middle of the room. In the center of the table, a large book lay open. A two-page photo of a sailing ship was spread out before me. Simus, come here, I called out. He came over and looked at the photograph. Too weird, he said. 
we both stared down at a photo of the Chickamula at Anchor. What? And that's the end of the tale. What? So this, their rescuers took them to this place filled with a bunch of like, you know, knickknacks and yeah. things from wrecks and stuff. And there was a photo of his dad's boat. Grandfather's boat. Grandfather's boat. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That's fucking nuts. Nuts. The sun lowered itself into the sea. I poured the last of the wine, and we toasted the simple but elegant departure of the big round ball. Mm. Then the wind stopped. Oh, no, my friend said. What's going on? I whistled softly, calling for the wind to return, like an old man in Antigua, uh, like an old man in Antigua had taught me to do. And surprisingly, the breeze returned. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy's magic. It's we magic. know this. Well, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My friend breathed a sigh of relief. He shoveled a heavy portion of salsa into his chip and asked, whatever happened to Simes? He retired from sailing. He went back to making pizza in the mountains, and I brought this boat to South Key West. We rounded the beacon at the harbor entrance, and I gauged my distance and let go of the main, gathering it in. The, blo- the boat glided down the narrow passage between the boat slips, and we lightly touched the dock at our mooring in front of the waterfront market. Wow, end of story. End of story. So that was kind of three stories in one. Yes. So it was a story about a story story that was about a a story. story. (laughs) (laughs) Very Inception of Jimmy. Yes, uh, I like that a lot. That was really wonderful. Uh, Definitely a a warning about, you know, being on a boat in general. Yes, for sure. Uh, About sailing boats, yeah, in particular, I I think that's probably a good thing for us to hear about because you I think, think so. about I think I could very easily get lost at sea. Yeah. I think everyone can. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's I wonder terrifying. how often that happens. I now. bet it happens a lot. Yeah, but I guess everyone has some sort of uh, you know um, GPS or GPS something. Yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, feels like it. So scary. Wow, really, really scary. But a good story. I like these personal Jimmy stories. I do too. These are great. I I like the kind of factor fiction style kind of crazy, like, whoa, can you believe a photo of his grandfather's boat was in the bar? Yes. It's so crazy. I feel like uh, to play out, we got to play Captain the Kid. I was just thinking that. I mean, that's the only appropriate one. I agree. Um, Um, Well, if you like this story, if you like this book, please let us know. We are uh, getting there. We're getting there. We have, I think, two more stories. So um, we just did uh, Life in the Food Chain. Uh, Next time, we're going to do A Gift for the Buccaneer. And then after that, it's Sometimes I Feel Like a Rudderless Child. Wow. And that's the end of the book. That's the end of the book. It's crazy. Wow. Uh, So if you're following along, let us know what you thought of that story. If you just started, let us know what you think of the book. Yes, Uh, please. We've certainly been enjoying it. We hope you have, too. We love a Buffett book club. Absolutely. And uh, we will leave it with you, with Captain the Kid. Until next time, I'm Mayor from Marleybone. I'm St. Charles, Tennessee. Have, Have a great, great week. week. Meet, Meet you at the end. end. Bye-bye. Hello. I never used to miss the chance To climb up on its knee Listen to the many tales Of life upon the sea We'd go sailing back on barkentines And talk of things he did The world was
was just a day away for the captain and the kid. His world had gone from sailing ships to wrecking mom's backyard. Never could adjust to land, although he tried so hard. We both were growing older and wiser with our years. That's when I came to understand the horse's heart still Have you ever encountered an unexplained hairy bipedal hominid in the woods? Have you received telepathic messages from an unidentified aerial phenomenon? If so, then you need to listen to Bigfoot Collectors Club. I'm Michael McMillan. And I'm Bryce Johnson. And together with super producer... Riley Bray. We make up the Bigfoot Collectors Club. That's right. Every week we talk to actors, comedians, writers, and paranormal experts about their personal paranormal histories and share stories of high strangeness. Like the time when we talked to Craig Ferguson about the Loch Ness Monster and when a sea witch told him he had raven magic. Or the time I asked Pitch Perfect's Anna Camp her opinion on cattle mutilations. Past guests have included Rachel Bloom, Jen Kirkman, Paul F. Tompkins, Bobcat Goldthwait, and more. So if you've ever been abducted alongside five reindeer by an alien with drills for hands or witnessed Bigfoot crawl out of an interdimensional portal, don't laugh, it happens all the time, then check out Bigfoot Collectors Club on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Bigfoot, Bigfoot Collectors Club, you're, you're here to, to believe us. Wait, is that how it goes? Campfire.